It's updating time! I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and this is the Just Another Jerk podcast with dispatches from Japan. Thought I'd do another quick update on the coronavirus situation here in Japan, and I also talked with a friend and colleague of mine from my previous university, Ian Randall, about how things are down in Saitama, near Tokyo. But first, I thought I'd update you with some recent developments in terms of the COVID-19 news around here. While things are still not quite on full-scale end-times mode, things are definitely getting real for a lot more people. Uh, Quite a few things have happened since the last I recorded about the coronavirus. Again, lots of changes. As everyone in the world, literally, and I do mean literally at this point, knows, things move fast with this pandemic. Since I last updated, Japan saw its first high-profile death from the pandemic. Shimura Ken, the comedian I talked about in my last update, he died from complications uh, related to the disease. Apparently, he had been a longtime smoker, uh, which was, you know, as many, many, many Japanese men of his generation, that was the case. Many Smoking was normal in Japan when he was a young man. And he had had some health complications and scares related to this smoking, from what, I've, from what I uh, was told. So he was in a very high-risk population, you know. Smoking means respiratory problems. And so, yeah, he was a high-risk population, being 70 years old, with respiratory problems. And, you know, even given those underlying health issues, I think it wasn't secret that he was, had been a smoker. His death, I think it really shocked the nation. So he was a big, big name in Japanese comedy. And if anything good can come out of this horrible outcome, I mean, hopefully it will be that people start taking this more seriously. And some people have been taking it more seriously. While there are no bans from traveling to Tokyo, it's not illegal. You can't, they're not stopping people from traveling to Tokyo and forcing people to stay at home. The governors of the prefectures in the Tokyo area have all asked their residents to avoid traveling to and from Tokyo if at all possible. You know, work from home if possible. More and more Japanese businesses are closing their doors to customers, especially in the Tokyo area. The images coming out of Tokyo right now, they show streets that they're not abandoned like we're seeing in some parts of the world but they are definitely a lot less densely peopled than normal so Takeshita Dori the the shopping street that's very close to Harajuku station if you know anything about Japanese fashion it's kind of one of the centers of young Japanese young people's Japanese fashion Takeshita Dori is very quiet right now so Some people are definitely taking this seriously. However, some people are definitely not taking it seriously enough. Though hopefully they will very soon. And I don't want to disparage these these, these young people too much, but there was a group of students from a university in Kyoto that took a trip to Europe last month. I mean, I know, right? I mean, I get it. You've paid the money and all. But these graduating students went to places like France and Spain. I mean, seriously? And then they came back and participated in events at 
their university, with their clubs and with their seminar groups. And so now there's a large cluster of students at that university who are infected. And Sendai, we've also seen an increase in cases. A few weeks ago, um, some ALTs, that's assistant language teachers, uh, from Akita came down to visit Sendai. They reportedly went to a large shopping mall and an English-style pub called The Hub. Now, The Hub is a big chain of pubs throughout the country. There's no cover charge, fairly cheap drinks. They're not bad places, but it's not the kind of place I think you should go during times like this. Even if Tohoku, the the northern area of Honshu, the big island, even if we haven't had a lot of confirmed cases. So, surprise, surprise, these ALTs, they get back to Akita, to Yuri Honjo, the city where, not where I live, but the one next to where I lived when I was an ALT in Akita. Two ALTs from Yuri Honjo City tested positive for coronavirus. And since then, at least four more people who visited that same pub the same night as those ALTs from Akita, they have also tested positive. So, yeah, things are definitely spreading now in northern Japan as well. Still haven't officially heard anything about our school pushing the start date back further than they have already, but there's a meeting going on right now as I, as I record this, there's a meeting of important people at school talking about what's going to happen in the coming weeks. So I imagine we'll hear news about what's happening for us maybe either later today or tomorrow, hopefully. And we haven't had official word that we need to use things like Zoom or Google Meet for classes, but here in the language teaching group, we have been having meetings and developing our own contingency plans just in case. And speaking of Zoom, it's not just useful for running meetings and classes remotely, it's also great for podcast interviews. And I use Zoom to interview my friend and former co-worker, Ian Randall, about life in Saitama right now and how my old school, Ian's current school, are preparing for the coming semester. So here's my conversation with Ian. How's life? How's it going? Yeah, it's been um, pretty quiet around here. I mean, like Kelly and I have been going for walks a little bit. We had a two-person Hanami away from everyone else um, because where we stay is by the, um, shoot, it's the Aruma River, if I remember right. So, you know, All right. It's past, like, you know, around like the Picoa, there's the cherry blossoms over if you're going towards the railroad tracks. Okay. There's like a couple of trees well away from those that um, we were able to sit around absolutely no one mm. and like, you know, just eat a lunch outside one day. So that was good. Yeah. And I see you guys are uh, schools being all online for quite a while. Yeah. Right now it is. Um, it's looking like, you know, the school is preparing for this entire semester to be online. But that could change um, as the situation changes. I personally feel like it, I would be very surprised, judging from everything that we're seeing right now, if we do meet in person 
at any point, but who knows? I mean, like maybe, yeah. I mean, like um, maybe something surprising will happen yet again. <laughs> so we'll see what's going on there. What surprising things are we talking about so far? I think just the general situation of the world. Okay. Being the surprising. Okay, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, the big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, there's no, there's no clear indication like, okay, so on this date, we're going to start meeting back in person or anything like that. So I, I think that's the only way you can do it right now, to be honest. Exactly. So anything that breaks from that, like to me is going to be like, okay, well, that's the, that's the next level of the surprise. So, but we'll see. I mean, like, you know, especially with seeing that Japan is barring more entry uh, for students to um, like, you know, yeah. So like looking at what has happened before, um, but I don't know exactly what's going to go on um, as things progress so we'll see yeah because i'm included i think it's is it tomorrow they're starting to bet to bar people from the u.s entering japan yeah something like that yeah it would be i think yeah sometime either tomorrow or within the next couple of days from what i've seen i think i saw april 3rd for in the email that came out from the embassy yeah so (laughs) and i'm sure the u.s is only one of several uh but otherwise like yeah we've been we um have been most like have been staying in uh yesterday i had to go to a dentist appointment so i took the time to do to run a couple of errands um at like you know grocery stores or uh some other shops and everything seems really quiet um yeah there's like not a lot of people out it doesn't seem though that uh too much has been affected though because there are still people out in mm-hmm. uh some places but it does seem a bit quieter right now. Have you been on the trains at all? No, no. That's one thing that they have said that they don't want uh, people going into Tokyo unless they, it's necessary, or go out of Tokyo unless it's necessary. Yeah, but I haven't been on a train um, for. I'm I'm trying to remember. It's been a it's been a couple of like uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I think at least. Yeah, because yeah, I because I, mean, I did see that because once. Once the numbers in Tokyo started going up, it, of course, all the news in the country just yeah. shifted to, you know, the general, all Japan coronavirus news to now let's talk about Tokyo and Tokyo only because it's now kind of the hot spot. And so, yeah. we, so we did see all that, like all the prefectures around Tokyo saying, don't go into Tokyo unless you absolutely have to. So we did yeah. see that. And Daniel um, mentioned that on his train line they had cut down service Mm. on the amount of trains running so that when he was still having to travel from uh you know his apartment to work um there were fewer trains so the trains were actually more crowded yeah and that was something i said i I said to my wife i I was saying when we were talking about that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna stop train services you've got to stop them completely Mm -hmm. or don't or just you don't stop them at all because I stop by cutting down the number of trains, the people who have to take the trains are going to be more concentrated. So that doesn't make any right. sense to shut down just some of the trains. But, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's an all or nothing at all kind of uh, yeah. situation. So I'm sure the people that, cause there are now a handful of people who, who live in Tokyo or closer in that. Yeah. Just having mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm sure they're all glad that that things have been mush, moved to pretty much all online. Yeah, yeah. One of our new coworkers actually, he was teaching and living in Yokohama, mm. uh, and so he was going to probably be staying in Yokohama for the first six months or so, and then moving closer to here once his lease was up. So apparently, like you know, he's you know <laughs> going from Yokohama, Yokohama to yeah. Kawagoe would not be something you'd want to do right now. No way. Yeah, that would even with an F liner on your side. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because well, I mean, it's the fast ones, so then more people want to take it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I mean, up here it's interesting because we're just we just recently they uh, there's a bunch of ALTs actually. We're at a bar in downtown Sendai, and oh no, yeah. So we now have a cluster. So from that bar, there were, it was a group of ALTs had come down from Akita, which, do you know where Akita is? Uh, yeah, uh, generally speaking. Did, okay, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's on, it's still on, um, it's, if I remember right, it's not on Hokkaido, but it's like one of the mo- northernmost yeah, yeah. cities, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, okay. it's the prefecture. It's the prefecture that's kind of, it's the prefecture that's directly northwest of where we are. It's actually okay, where, I, yeah. where I first lived when I came to Japan, but... Yeah, yeah, there were, yeah, there was a group of, and it's it's a really rural prefecture. Um, it's when we we talk about Inaka, it is Inaka. Inaka, Inaka. So like when my students at in the Tokyo area said, "Oh, I'm from Inaka," I said, "No, you're not. No, you're you're not. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't know what Inaka is. Um, you know, a city of thirty thousand, forty thousand, hundred thousand. That's not Inaka." Um, yeah, yeah, no. But, yeah, I mean, like, shoot, you, like in Gifu, you get numbers smaller than that. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, so it, it, was a, it was a group of ALTs had come down from Akita, actually the town next to where I lived when I was in Akita. They'd come down from Akita to Sendai for the, like a three-day weekend we had a, a little bit ago. And apparently two of them tested positive for coronavirus when they got back to Akita. And then from there, people, there were, you, have you been to the hub before? Oh yeah, there. I've been to I've been to a hub before. Somewhere, yeah, yeah, one of the Ikebukuro uh, yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know the big chain of British style pubs throughout the country, and there's mm-hmm. one, there are a couple in Sendai, and that group was at the hub, one of the hubs here, and since then I think four more people in Sendai have tested positive. Um, three of them I think were ALTs or working. Hmm. Or no, two of them were ALTs, and then they keep insisting on telling us where everyone's from. So we know that three of those four were foreigners. Were Gaikoku, no. so it's like, yeah, okay, thank. Well, I don't understand this need to say where people are from when we're reporting. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know why they have to say the people's jobs, unless you know they're working in like something that where they are dealing with customer service. Then you might want to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like with with them, like, you know, mentioning that they were a part of the education system in some way does kind of let people know, like, um, oh, hey, so like, you know, but, but yeah. then if you're not providing greater knowledge than that, then it probably just adds towards hysteria or, uh, you know, like trying to, you know, you racism or whatever like else you want to put onto there. Too. Yeah, so there, like, there's, yeah can, there is some stigma attached to that. Yeah. So that's just kind of, yeah. but yeah, I don't understand. But yeah, one of one Japanese, one Japanese guy, three foreigners. Apparently, they just had a student, not at our university, but another university here in Sendai, was confirmed. 
so yeah, mm-hmm. Sendai is we're we're having our numbers go up. So we haven't had any. We we've pushed our start date back by about half a week so far, and they're having a, mm-hmm. a professor meeting today. Like all the full time professors and administration have their like, but I I think once or twice a month they have these. They're having their meeting today, and so I'm sure we'll know more. Yeah, today. for us though. They've just said, like, you know, going online, that's the, the plan. Um, and everyone's getting behind, uh, like, in trying to get onto Zoom. We start one group of classes on April 16th, and we start the E-Track classes on April 20th. Uh, and so they've, are, like, they're, they're using this time, and they're trying to have people become more familiar with using Zoom and trying to get certain, like, you know, things worked out and I imagine that they did the two different start dates partially to like you know okay so let's see how these J-Track classes go what did we learn and then like you know trying to apply those lessons to the E-Track classes but um, I don't know I mean like you know with uh, it making more difficult for some students to get into the country then we're going to have like you know the time zone issues and uh, the, let alone the like the curriculum concerns because one thing that they've been bringing up is, uh, you know, just be prepared for your students to not have laptops uh, yeah. and to be trying to do uh, Zoom using just their phones. And that's probably not going to work out too well. That's, well. And that's another thing that, that's one thing that I, we, we had a meeting with our, all our English teachers here earlier this week. And one thing we talked about is that, yeah, that a lot of our, you know, what about students who don't have Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're asking them to do video streaming, you know, it, you've got to at least let them turn off their camera so they're only downloading video, like street, rather than uploading and downloading at the same time, because that absolutely will kill their data if they don't have yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, and plus, I don't know, did they have they talked about synchronous or asynchronous uh, classes? Because for us, it's only synchronous. They've decided like you can't do asynchronous; it only can be synchronous classrooms, which I think going to the question of like if students don't have wi-fi yeah and that's we haven't we haven't actually officially like we don't have those things officially in place like sendai were kind of behind as far as the infection rate and things so we'd say we're just now getting double digits so mm-hmm. we're a confirmed cases in sendai i mean i'm sure there's a lot more because testing is some still i'm sure behind the curve on that but yeah no, we, so we don't officially have a policy yet as far as online classes. This is just something like within the English teaching faculty we're talking about. So we're, Yeah, so it's trying to... And my, yeah. my inclination is to go towards asynchronous just because I know I have students. I've had students who don't have Wi-Fi and asking them to do video, synchronous video courses is absolutely... I mean, it's not fair to them. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, but at the same time, I mean, like, you know, how it's, I can understand the, like the, 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 the opposite mentality. It's like, well, we have to make sure that the students are in the classroom or like, you know, we have to make sure like, you know, but this is not a normal time. So no. like, you know, trying to apply normal rules is a bit, a bit difficult well, to and, say the least. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you keep seeing like on the, the think pieces and whatnot on, on Chronicle higher education and whatnot. It's like, this isn't what students signed up for. Yeah. They signed up for the, the, you know, the traditional university experience. Yeah. They didn't sign up for, you know, 
university in in the time in the end times. Well, yeah, but like I said, like in terms of like the day to day life out here, it does seem in some ways still a bit more normal than if we were in the States right now. I mean, like, you know, Illinois hit the lockdown uh, right before I came back or like Mm. right as I was coming back to Japan. Um, Kelly changed her flight to get back to uh, Japan faster than originally Mm -hmm. slated because of like the changes that were happening with the airlines flying in and out of the U.S. and um, yeah, but like, you know, and through most states, yeah, like seeing the, the restaurants or all of like, you know, like non-essential businesses in, in many of the states. And that was Ian Randall, my friend and former co-worker down in Saitama. Unfortunately, our connection started to break down at the end, so we didn't get a good sign-off from Ian, but he had another meeting to go to, um, probably on Zoom. But I hope I can have him back on the podcast again sometime. Maybe another coronavirus update, maybe when this is all done. Um, I hope I can have more guests on the podcast. It's nice to have a second voice on the podcast sometime. So thank you very much, Ian. Hope to hear from you again soon. Well, that's all for us. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review, share, force a friend to listen and subscribe, whatever it is you can do to help the podcast out. You can find the Twitter for this podcast at Just Another Cast, and you can email questions, comments, and suggestions to just another jerk podcast at gmail.com. So on that note, I'm out. Peace. I wanna-